0: the word inappropriate yeah I did I said oh wait a minute okay so Gloria can you let me see if I can help her out here I just want to just make sure uh, everyone allow participants to um, okay Uh, all right so everyone should be muted okay cool great all right so we're on our our last lesson of the uh, local churches in Revelation um, this is part two of our studies in Revelation chapter three on the church at Laodicea. Seven churches, seven great messages. I, I might do a review next week. I'm not sure because I'm just so excited to jump into. With things going on in the Ukraine and Russia, I'm, I'm just chopping at the bit to jump into possible relationships between what the scripture says in Revelation about wars and rumors of wars, especially as it relates to the Russia, the former Soviet Union, that the, the, the connection is just really, it it's just kind of scary how, how uh, things are unfolding right now. And I would ask that you would pray for this situation. This situation could have some very dire consequences that's going on in in Ukraine and in Russia. Uh, Pray for the humanitarian effort of the groups. I was so glad to see that our president sent uh, a few billion dollars to help Poland take in refugees. There's like one and a half million people or more just in Poland alone, not to mention the refugees that have been going to Hungary and other uh, surrounding nations uh even as far away some of them are have gone even as far away as israel fleeing from the ukraine and 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 let me just say this too i really believe and i don't want to get too deep into it now because it's not the direction that i want to go but let me just throw this little teaser out as we get into revelations 4 through 19 those particular chapters because. They're going to be dealing with tribulation period, uh, happenings on earth and in heaven. I I believe that the ultimate goal for countries like Russia and perhaps even China and other, uh, communist leaning countries is that I think the ultimate object of their anger and hatred and evil is going to be Israel. That's, that's where, that's where this, I believe is leading. Uh, Not only is the president, but the minister of defense of Ukraine are both Jewish. And I think that eventually the Jewish people, especially as it relates to Israel, will be drawn into the center of this conflict because it lines up so beautifully with scripture where things will go. The whole battle of Armageddon as we get into that it's all centered around israel it's it's all about this direct attack and this 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 hatred this vitriol hatred for the people of israel and and i believe that eventually this conflict could spill over into the middle east and i've already read of of of, of where uh iranian uh military weapons are being used uh, and and the rush that Russian is, Russia is using some Iranian equipment and manpower, and uh, uh, there's there's just uh, a lot of things going on that I think that's going to widen this particular conflict. I don't think it's going to remain relegated. I pray it does, but I think there are signs that is pointing that this conflict is broadening, where it's not going to remain just. Russia and the Ukraine I believe that there could be other countries that get sucked into this thing and Poland is one of them that's on the on the you know there are they're a NATO um a NATO nation which means that uh, according to what I've read article 5 of uh, the North Atlantic uh trade uh, organization that if you attack one, NATO nation you attack them all of which the United States are a part of so if there if this thing bleeds into Poland this thing could really go downhill really really fast so just pray pray for the people that are displaced you know we here in America we 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 make it complicated dealing with our schedules and day-to-day going to work dealing with traffic dealing with family dealing with finances imagine Fleeing for your life. Imagine being a lady being pregnant in the hospital that you are going through labor in that you are getting ready to deliver in. Imagine that hospital being bombed, being targeted. These are are what are called soft target, even civilian, civilian locations. I I just pray for the people that want out, that want nothing to do with this, that are trying to get safety. You're talking about being in survival mode. Some of these people are just running with the shirts on their back, so to speak. So just pray for the humanitarian relief. Pray for the organizations, especially the Christian organizations and the relief organizations that are trying to bring help and shelter and food and medicine and care to the women and children that are, that are fleeing for their lives. Literally, I, I won't go into that anymore, but I, I just ask you to pray for that war and pray for, uh, God's mercy and grace on the people that are hurting the most In revelation chapter three, the church at Laodicea, I, I would just like to refer to them as the halfway church. Halfway in, halfway out. Where, where do you stand? Don't don't answer out loud. Just think about it. Where where are you? Which which one of the seven churches now that we're concluding? Which one of the seven churches most represent where you are right now spiritually? Which church do you feel that you would be a part of or identified with? And this Laodicean church is particularly of interest to me because I think it represents a lot of what is going on in Christianity today. And I think that there are a lot of signs for us to be aware of that we can improve our walk and our serve. Here's what it says. Revelation chapter three, verse 14. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. Isn't it interesting that Jesus was there and all things were created by him in the beginning, in the, in the very first chapter of Genesis chapter one, verse 26, we get, let us make, let us make man in our own image. Just right from the jump, you think that Jesus didn't start playing his role until the Gospels. No, He, he is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is the faithful and true witness, and he is the great amen who is the beginning of God's new creation, both physical world and spiritual. Praise God. Verse 15 says, I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one of the other, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I talked about the whole concept, the whole word picture there, this particular metaphor that Jesus used about lukewarm. Lukewarm is not so much about our spiritual temperature, but lukewarm is more about our spiritual usefulness, our spiritual efficacy. It's about our distasteful lifestyle. That's not glorifying to the Lord and not fruitful as a witness. So verse 17 and Revelation uh, chapter three says, you say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked so i advise you to buy gold for me here's the corrective action that the lord jesus gives the church at laodicea and us today watch this so i advise you to buy gold for me gold that has been purified by fire then you will be rich by the way this is not referring to real gold don't go out and buy gold bullion or invest in gold uh um stocks or 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 or, go, or precious metals rather that's not what he, the lord is referring to he says also buy white garments for me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see he's talking about spiritual enrichment spiritual investment spiritual goal spiritual balm and ointment for our eyes spiritual garments to cover our nakedness. The church at Laodicea and maybe some of us in the 21st century, like the church in the first century may think that we're in good shape because we have this and that and the other. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's going to be in my Monday morning moment. Don't confuse God's goodness with God's approval, because just because things may be going well, doesn't mean that you are in a good state and a good place with God. Matthew tells us that the Lord allows the sun to, sh- to, to shine and to rise on the just as well as the unjust, the good, as well as the evil. He allows rain to rain on the just as well as the unjust. So that's Matthew chapter five, verse 45. So we're not out of the woods because things are going good. It doesn't mean that our life is in right standing with God. This church was blessed. They were rich. They were prosperous. They were healthy, wealthy, and wise, so to speak. They thought they had it all. But blessings and success and prosperity and well-being does not necessarily mean that we are where we need to be with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Yes. Please don't equate success with spiritual uh, worldly success with, with spiritual righteousness or with holiness, there could still be a disconnect there. And it's very evident in this example, in revelation three, the church at Laodicea, the only church that received no commendation, the only church that received no pat on the back, the only church that received no message of, of, goodness that you're doing things. Well, it goes on to say here in verse 18 of revelation three. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich also buy white garments for me, white standing here symbolically for purity in this case from me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. I'm going to come back to that one again. I correct and discipline everyone I love. Thank you, Lord. Correction. Discipline is a good thing because it means God cares about you and that he loves you. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Turn from your apathy. Turn from your blatant carelessness and uh, and lack of concern for where you are spiritually he's saying, he says in verse 20, look, I stand at the door and knock. And by the way, in the actual Greek, the verb tense there is present. And it means I continue to knock. It's a, it's a continuation, a continuous action that's implied in the grammar here. I stand at the door and I keep knocking. I keep asking, I keep probing, I keep looking for you, I keep reaching out to you, in other words. He says on in verse 20, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal together with you as friends. Those who are victorious, I'm in verse 21 of Revelation three, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone who has ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understanding what He is saying to the churches. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of His Word. And I was just meditating on this week and I was thinking, Lord, please open our eyes. Help us to see spiritually the things that You want us to know. Help us, Lord, to be more sensitive to the things that are most important. The things, watch this, the things that matter most. The things that matter most are not our 401ks, or our retirement, or our Social Security, or our benefits, or our investments, or our bank account, or even our health or even the things that we build our work, our careers, our families, those things are important, but they're not what matters most. What matters most is, is the Lord pleased with my life? Am I bringing glory to his name? Am I bringing light to the world? Am I bringing salt and seasoning to those around me? Am I making a difference? It's God receiving glory from my life. That, that's really the bottom line. Our life is not our own. Sister Christian Price did a beautiful job last week. She sang, you know, um, I give myself away. And, and one of the lines in that song is my life is not my own. To you, to him, I belong. I I give myself, I give myself away. We give ourselves away because we don't belong to ourselves. Our our life, our work, our agenda is not our own. We don't get to pick and choose. We are bought with a price, the Bible says. Second Corinthians 517 says that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus behold old things are passed away and all things have become new we don't belong to ourselves it's not our agenda it's his agenda so look as I I'm gonna wrap this up there's this really amazing example in the Old Testament of having our eyes, open spiritually and looking in the right place and not in the wrong places. The Bible says in the new Testament that we are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. And one of his devices is to cause us to become so overwhelmed with what our natural eyes see to become so enthralled in the information that we are receiving from our five physical senses that we just make our whole world about the data that we are receiving from sight from hearing from touch from smell from taste that everything is is in, is is centered around our five physical sense, senses but god said we as believers we have a sixth sense we have a spiritual sight a spiritual vision that allows us to see beyond the here and now, beyond the present, beyond what's in front of us, beyond the daily grind that is life. And second Kings, I want you to turn there, please. I'll conclude with this thought s- sequence and second Kings chapter six, verse 13. I'm going to be reading from the new living for the sake of clarity and second Kings chapter six, verse 13. Here's what it says. By the way, just as you're turning, I'll give you a little background. So Elisha with an S is a prophet in Israel. He is the prophet in Israel and he is providing information to the Israeli king about what's going on with Syrian and the Syrian king and their, their war attempts on Israel. And watch this. This is just so beautiful. The Lord is showing Elisha what the king is planning and what their army is up to before they can execute their plans. Israel has already squelched it and they've completely, uh, knocked them out before they could do any damage because God revealing the plans that the king is preparing to, uh, inflict on Israel. So in second Kings chapter six, the king has kind of like gotten hip to that. And he sent out an entire invasion an entire army i don't know if it was a battalion if it was a a certain uh a group of men if it was a strike team i don't know but it could have been from from what i read in the historical readings of you can read guys like alfred ederschein who does an amazing writings on uh history uh, in the old and new Testament. There are other, other really good historical, uh, references that talk about ancient Israel, uh, prior to the new Testament. But the idea that this was an entire dispatchment of men to kill or apprehend Elijah, one dude, one guy, it's not amazing. And there's unsuccessful. So here's what it says. The king says in verse 13 of second Kings chapter six, go and find out where he is. The king commanded so that I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elijah is at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram, that's by the way, AKA the king of Syria sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. So you figure if they're going to surround the city, this was more than just a strike team. This was more than just the Navy SEALs. This was more than just a few tough dudes to surround a city even back in those days. This took a large garrison of men. And the Bible says in verse 15 of 2 Kings chapter 6, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops and horses and chariots Everywhere. Imagine a hit squad being sent to you and you're just surrounded, not just your house, but the whole city. Like there's nowhere to go. No way to escape. The Bible says that the servant went and told Elijah, he said, oh, sir, or oh, master. What will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. So I imagine this dude is just frantic. Elijah, we're surrounded. We're trapped. We're doomed. We're dead in the water here. The Bible says in verse 16, don't be afraid. Elijah told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. There are more with us than there are with them. Now, let me just stop for a minute just, I want to put you, the point of this illustration is to put you in the place of the servant because this, this is kind of where Laodicea was and I want to show you how they and we today, the 21st century can be brought out of this status, this place. So the church of Laodicea, the Bible says, was wretched and miserable and blind and poor and naked. They didn't understand. They couldn't see spiritually. All they could see, all they could see was what was the material, what was physical, what was perceptive or available to their natural senses. And this is like this servant of Elisha with an S. That's Elijah's successor, by the way, the one that asked, for a double portion of what Elijah had so he has a new servant by the way he has a new servant because Jehaziel his prior servant was the one that went and tried to steal from God's miracle and uh and God caused him to uh contract leprosy perhaps he's dead by the point in time we are here in second kings six but that's another story you can do the back ser- back research on that but but so Put your put yourself in the position of this servant and you're looking outside and you see that you are doomed and you go and tell Elisha and he says, don't be afraid. There's more with us than there are with them. Yes, God. So wait, I'm just doing the math here for a second. Let's just say that there were a thousand men out there. There's a thousand men out there. Elijah, Elisha, and it's just two of us exactly how i've heard of new math before you know i get it (laughs) but you gotta you gotta help me with this because this just seems like okay there's gotta be a trick here what are you doing dividing by four multiplying by two and carrying the six i mean i don't i don't know what's going on here so so he says you know you need to realize servant don't even get his name we got the last servant's name. You see how that worked out for him. We don't even get this servant's name. He just says, look, there's more with us than there are with them. Then Elisha prayed in verse 17. Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. You know how we've been in service today. We've been in the building. I was planning to ask Picard if she would just sing, open, open our eyes. Uh, I, I, just, I just, Uh, Love that, love that particular song. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, verse 17 says, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots. I left off the last prepositional phrase because I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back to verse 15 and show you a contrast. In verse 15, the Bible says that there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. But if you drop down to verse 17, the Bible says that there were, th- that the hills, that what Elijah saw, that the hills were, they were filled with horses and chariots of fire, of fire. And as the Aramanian army advanced toward him, Elijah prayed, Oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. I'm just amazed that, the 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 juxtaposition of sight and blindness here rather than elijah saying let's kill them like the king of israel wanted to do if you read the rest of the story he says no let's make them blind as sort of a play on words because his servant was just blind a few minutes ago spiritually he wasn't blind physically but he was blind spiritually because he couldn't see that dude no you're missing the point look beyond what you see look beyond what your senses are informing you of look beyond what the obvious is and you will see spiritually that there are more with us than there are against us yes yes yes, yes. I made just I made I made I think four quick observations of this particular text for our benefit here's number one I wrote in my notes God's invisible army has always been present. That means that the army was there in the morning when the servant first looked out the door, when he first went outside. Remember, the Syrian army had gathered the night before. The king of Assyria or the Iranians army had dispatched him the night before. But guess what? God's army. God's horses and chariots were already there. Elisha didn't even need to go to the door and look out. He didn't need to physically see what was on the hillside. He already knew God's got this whatever you're going through whatever trial you're going through whatever sickness you're dealing with whatever financial straits you're up against whatever problems you're having with your neighbor with your family with your spouse with your friends with your boss whatever crises you find yourself in right now you need to know that god has already saw that god is already aware of it god is already working on your behalf and you don't even know it Psalms 139 says, verse 2, Lord, you know when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. He says, verse 3, you see me when I travel, when I'm resting at home, you know everything I do, you know where I'm going, what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord, I'm reading Psalms 139, you go before me and follow me, you, you, you place your hand of blessing on my head, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand he says I can never escape your spirit Lord I can never get away from your presence if I go down to the grave you are there if I go up to heaven you are there if I ride the wings of the morning if I dwell by the farthest oceans even there your hand will guide me are y'all feeling this are y'all shouting too are y'all shouting I hope you are and your strength will support me. I can ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, even in darkness, even in darkness, I cannot hide from you to you. The night shines as bright as day, darkness and light are the same to you. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Paul says in Romans eight, nothing shall separate me from the love of God wherever we are, whatever situation we're in, God has surrounded us. I love Andre Crouch, the late great Andre Crouch wrote a song, got me some angels, got me some angels surrounding me, day and night, night and day, got me some angels, got me some chariots of fire. God has my situation surrounded and under control. It may seem like I'm losing. It may seem like I'm failing. It may seem like I'm falling. It may seem like I'm coming apart at the seams, but I got me some angels. I got me some covering. God has my situation under control. Even if he takes me to heaven through the grave right now, God still wins. We win. We will prevail. Woo! man. Oh, man. Here's number two. I wrote in my notes that the servant's natural senses failed him and presented an optical illusion that the enemy had a numerical advantage, that there was some sort of strategic advantage advantage that the Syrians had over Elijah and his servant. But I'm here to tell you this. I'm here to tell you this. Romans eight thirty-one says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us. Yes. I'm I'm not frozen. My my mic didn't go out. I, I I just had to pause. I just had to catch my breath. So I'm good. My video feed is good. My audio is good. I, I just I just needed to I I personally needed to slow down and take a breath. Cause I I'm just I'm I'm overwhelmed with God's word. I, I'm overwhelmed with what I'm reading. If God be for us, who can be against us? Paul wrote to the church at Philippians. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. First John says, "Greater." We're going to be talking about this brother. Beecham is just doing a masterful job of teaching in first John. And we're going to learn when we get to the fourth chapter of first John that greater is he greater is he I'm sorry. The King James version didn't put a capital H there, but it's a lowercase. But just so that you know that he is referring to the Lord himself. Greater is he greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't care what you see out on the hills. I don't care how many enemies you see greater is he that's in you. Yes. Lord, open our eyes so that we can see what we have, who's in us, whose we are, who we belong to. here's my next point. I'm almost done before they knew this is, this is Elisha and his servant. I wrote down before they even knew what to pray for. God had already sent both peace and victory to Elijah and his servant. They didn't even constitute a prayer. You notice, I I, I love this. Do, Do you notice, do you notice that before, before they started, having a prayer meeting or anything like that, the Lord had already sent the answer that they hadn't even asked for yet. It reminds me of Matthew six, verse eight. So then don't be like the Pharisees for your father knows what you have need of. Even before you ask him, that's Matthew six, eight. I love what Isaiah 26, three said. We quoted all the time. I will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind has stayed on me because I he trusteth in thee. I love that. Psalms thirty four seven says, "The angel of the Lord encamp round about him that fear him, and delivereth them." That's Psalms thirty four seven. And finally, Hebrews 1:14 says, "Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation." God is always looking out for us in advance before we can articulate the words sometimes romans 8 says this too i believe in verse 26 that we can't even always articulate what to say, what to ask for. We just have moans and groans. If I couldn't say a word, if I couldn't say a word, we say, if I couldn't say a word, I'll just wave, I'll just wave my hand. I can't even articulate. I can't put in the words. I I can't create the sentences. I can't formulate the actual thoughts to say the words to ask. I don't even know how to ask. I don't know what to ask. I don't even know when to ask. But Lord, you know, you know, you know, you know, before I can even come up with a request before I can frame a a request, you provide this surrounding, you provide this help. You provide this peace, a peace that passes all understanding. Finally, I, I, I made a note to share with you that you notice that Elijah didn't pray for God to give them victory over the Syrian army. He didn't need to pray. That only prayer that Elijah prayed was Lord, just open my servant's eyes. He didn't say, Lord, I need you to give us victory. Lord, I need you to kill him. Lord, I need you to run him, run him away. Lord, I need you to do this. Or they just say, Lord, just open my servant's eyes so that he can see what I can see so that he can know what I know so that he can experience what I'm experiencing, so that he can have this joy, this confidence, this peace of mind that lets him know everything is going to be all right. God's got this God's in charge why is he in charge not because the men out there are laying dead not because the soldiers have started attacking themselves like they did when Jehoshaphat prayed not because the battles already over but because God is involved that means the outcome is always going to be favorable that's always going to be good that's always going to be right that's always going to be victorious that we will succeed we will win Win! Oh my goodness, Lord, help us, help us to see that. Help us to see that. Mm. I could give you more scriptures, but I'm just going to stop right there because I, 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 I just feel like let's just process this. Lord, just help help what we've read this morning to sink into our hearts. Help it to become a part of our our fabric to become a part of our vocabulary let this word lord become a part of our lives so i have a monday morning moment the monday morning moment is quote at times we mistakenly equate god's goodness with god's approval and matthew 5:45 lets us know that that's not always the case this church at laodicea at laodicea was really off base and even though they were blessed Financially and prosperity and with success and with health the fact is that they were in need of all kinds of things They were blind poor wretched miserable and naked and the Lord lets us know that if we will ask him To Lord just open our eyes that we might see What you are doing on our behalf and what you're doing in our lives That all things according to Romans 8 does work together for good for those who love the Lord and to those who are called according to his purpose. We're we're not just walking blindly. That God is working things out on our behalf. Our job is to trust him. Let's obey him and trust him. Trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus, the Hymn says but to trust and obey our job is just to trust him and obey him. And he will take care of the rest. When we trust him, it gives us peace. It gives us, it gives us comfort. When we trust him, it gives us confidence, assurance that everything is going to be all right. And when we obey him, we, and we, 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 and we, we basically lock down, that we are in his will obedience is about being in the perfect place, being where God is able to bless us and use us and have his way. So that's why obedience is important. Obedience is even greater than sacrifice. Obedience is better than anything. The Lord wants us to obey him. When we obey him, then he gives us the ability to trust him. And trust is just another word for faith. And that's how God blesses us. That's how he. without faith, he says in Hebrews that it's impossible to please God. When we trust in him, that's our faith in him. And God uses that to bless us, comfort us and keep us in Jesus name. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We just ask, Lord, that you be glorified in the service of that you help us with these these words and these scriptures, that we can apply them, that they just don't move us Mentally or emotionally, Lord, but they move the needle in our lives spiritually so that we can be comforted and we can be confident and we can trust you and we can be like Elijah said about the servant. Lord, open our eyes that we might see what you're already doing, that we can take confidence in what you've already done, and then we can build on that. Lord, be glorified in our lives and may we be edified in Jesus name. We pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Lord, you are good. Amen, amen.